Welcome back here to X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network. Danny Kahala, Ryan Elke, Anthony Bellino all joining you. Joining us now, a member of the National Football Foundation, the Football Writers Association of America, spent a couple of decades covering the Detroit minor league system as well. Our good buddy, John Wagner. Find him on Twitter at John Wagner Media. Johan, my friend, good morning to you, partner. How are you? How's life? How are things? We audibled again this week at the line of scrimmage. We called in a hot route for a Thursday morning. How are you, partner? Hey, I am a little slice of heaven. I I feel like I owe your listeners an apology, though. I mean, it was, it, it was hell on wheels Tuesday night, and I knew there was no chance I was going to be awake on, on Wednesday morning. Not that me being awake gives the readers any better listening experience. I Trust me, I hear that. But I, it's the glories of moving to the news side, Anthony. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I went to a city council meeting, oh. and I knew I knew it would be involved. Okay, I mean they had to they had to determine a new council member. They had a couple of items on the agenda. There, I knew it was not going to be a thirty minute wham bam thank you ma'am meeting. Okay, I knew it would take time. Would you like to know how much time it actually took? How long did that meeting take? Three and one half hours. Longer than a college football game, even. I mean, it was. Uh, I don't, is the college extra, game on Fox or not? Because if it's on Fox, you're going to be there for three days. I mean, we we know how that works. Now, the NFL, on the other hand, they got it down pat, except for the game this weekend, which will be elongated TV timeouts, halftime show, and halftime is going to be longer, and all of this other rigmarole uh, that surrounds the Super Bowl. And in my estimation, I just want to see the game. I want to see Jalen Hurts against Patrick Mahomes, which is the first matchup ever in which both teams will start an African-American quarterback. Uh, that's a, that's kind of an interesting storyline all in itself uh, for, for black people here in America. Two of the uh, most highly athletic, highly talented quarterbacks in the league, Jalen Hurts this year. What a season he had. And of course, Patrick Mahomes, people think, is the second coming of Michael Jordan, even though they didn't even play the same sport, for crying out loud. But I just want the football game. I want a good football game. And I don't know what it is, but the Super Bowl sometimes is more about all the other stuff than it is the actual game. Isn't that the truth? That is officially the understatement of the day. Congratulations. The polls are closed. You win. Oh, let me hear it from the crowd. Oh, come on. They love me here. Studio audience, they love me, John. Of course they do. Yeah, no, and they're making a good call. Because as you and your listeners know, Anthony, I'm old, okay? I'm old. I do not remember the very first Super Bowl, okay? But I do very much remember the third Super Bowl. And you got to remember it wasn't actually the Super Bowl back in those days. It was called the AFL-NFL championship game because it was the championship between two different leagues at the time the american football league the upstart and the the tradition bound a national football league and super bowl three for your listeners who may not remember way back in those days that was the baltimore colts who were a huge huge favorite over the new york jets and then the Jets quarterback, a young man by the name of Joe Namath, guaranteed his team would win. And sure enough, they did indeed win. And then I also can very clearly remember Super Bowl Four, which was, again, the NFL, 
and the AFL meeting. Now, by that time, they they were merging. They were going to merge the two leagues into one. So there wasn't quite the animosity, but it was still a huge game because the Kansas City Chiefs were underdogs against the Minnesota Vikings. The Chiefs pounded them that day, and that was when the world realized it, that Super Bowl three was not a blip in the radar. It was not a, an upset, if you will. It wasn't Appalachian State beating. Oh, never mind. Forget I said yeah, that. Yeah, take it easy. It take it easy here. It wasn't. It wasn't an upset. The two leagues were closer in talent than we realized, and then it brought about the merger between the two leagues. So back in those days, that championship game really, really held a lot of weight. Now, as as the Super Bowl is, you know, obviously things have taken uh, you know quite a bit of t- uh, turn since nineteen you know seventy and nineteen sixty nine, the years of Super Bowl four and Super Bowl three, respectively. The, the circus surrounding it, right? I mean, I don't need an elongated halftime. I don't care who performs at halftime. In fact, if they cut away from halftime and go to a decent studio setup where we actually talk about the game and show the highlights of the first half, and you know, you probably I don't know if you need five, six, seven analysts up there. Give me a host and two analysts. Let's go through the highlights. Let's get through it. Let's keep everybody on track. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it about football. And the Super Bowl is everything else uh, outside of that. You know, you, I agree with you, but and I'm sorry, Anthony, I'm about to throw you along with me under the bus because I know I've aged out of being the audience for halftime. Halftime is not made for me anymore, okay? Back in the early days where they had, oh, the Stones, I remember very memorably. I think Prince, and I still, I'll, this is a hill I'm willing to die on. Prince was still the greatest uh, Super Bowl halftime show. I, I will brook no argument on that. He was spectacular. And that was built more for my age, or at least the fringe of my age. I'm not even sure who it is. Is Rihanna? Am I right to say that? It is Rihanna. You are correct. Okay. And, and notice, notice that while I got the name right, I mispronounced it to show you how I am not N-O-T the audience. I I remember there was a, a hip-hop rap spectacular, what, last year, a couple of years ago, something like that? Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, that was a good one. It was, yeah, uh, if you say so. I, I walked away from it and did not miss one moment of it. So, uh, again, that's part of the problem, Anthony, and I think, uh, well, I know I'm throwing myself under the bus, so I'm going to take you with me. We're not the audience for that anymore. We are just not the audience, so well, we it, just got to live with it. Rihanna's still – hey, look here, look here. I mean, Rihanna's still very much in my wheelhouse. Her music's okay. okay. I don't think she's as great. But what, I, what is fascinating about this is that in 2019, she turned down the NFL's request because obviously a very tumultuous time in American history. And she said, quote, I couldn't dare do that. For what? Who gains from that? Not my people. I just couldn't be a sellout. I couldn't be an enabler. There's things within that organization that I do not agree with at all, and I was not about to go and be of service to them in any way. That organization would be the National Football League. For our listeners, you can read more from Mike Freeman in the USA Today on that article in which he directly quotes her, basically calling uh, Rihanna, contradicting Rihanna by performing at Super Bowl 57 halftime shows. You can check that out on USA Today. 
But yeah, she wasn't a fan. She wasn't going to do it. And they came calling and guess what? It's all, I guess it's all under the rug. To me, it, it, it like I said, even though I like Snoop Dogg, uh, 50 Cent was up there with Dr. Dre and I believe Mary J was the fourth off the top of my head. That was a neat performance. It was LA. It made sense uh, for the for that you know group to be out there. But I mean, to be honest with you, Let's keep it moving, right? It's it's just, it, it's too much. And then you have the commercials. Since when did we start releasing Super Bowl commercials early on Twitter? When What was the point of that? It, it's all about being a spectacle. Uh, you know I'm not a big NFL fan, but I'm going to tell you, I totally respect the way they have built this thing into a colossus that is, it transcends football. Non- NFL fans are going to watch this game. They're going to have parties watching this game. You don't have to be a fan of the Eagles or the Chiefs to watch this game. Heck, there are a fair number of people who aren't going to be football fans who are going to watch this game. And why? Halftime, the ads, all that stuff. Let's give the NFL credit for marketing this into something ginormous. and. You know, if those if those ads are ticklers that get the people to watch more ads or to watch the game that they wouldn't otherwise, or I mean, heck, we're chasing down watching ads. Are you kidding me? People are going to go to say, "Oh, I could see the ad before." All right, I'm in on that. You're kidding for an advertisement? Seriously? And and the answer is yes. If people have an insatiable appetite for what they're going to see in this huge, expensive, well-watched Super Bowl ad, it's it's all part of the Colossus, right? Like you said, mad props in the NFL for building this into something that's way, way bigger than sports, way certainly way bigger than football. This next one comes from uh, the chief himself, Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL speaking at uh, Super Bowl 57 Media Week. Here is what he had to say about the NFL's officiating, and I'll get to my question after. When you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. There are over 42,000 plays in a season. Multiple infractions could occur on any play. Take that out and extrapolate that. That's hundreds if not millions of, of, of potential fouls. And our officials do an extraordinary job of getting those. Okay. All right. So here is my question. Extrapolate. Now he's trying to use big words to confuse us. That's what they do in the, the higher-ups. They want to use big words, confuse the little people. Don't look over here. Here's my question about officiating. And this, will, this is highly contested at both the collegiate level and at the NFL level. So I'll pitch it to you. Do you feel the need to have a quote-unquote sky judge? You know, MLB's moving to the robo-ump, right? That The tracker, they're going to test it out AAA this year. Do we need more technology in the games to make sure that the games are called correctly when you have fouls or potential fouls like holding or pass interference that are, you know, they're just, it's subjective versus objective, right? It's, it's what was enough to draw a foul in the mind of the official. Well, first of all, let's go back for just a second. You're making fun of somebody for using big words. How dare you, Anthony? How dare you? I'm purposely going to pull out a thesaurus 
the next time we talk, all right? Usually you have me out here Googling frantically like one of the Muppets trying to run somewhere, (laughs) just smashing my keyboard like Kermit, trying to figure out exactly... You know, the stenographer from uh, from the movie The Mask, right? I'm just uh, typing away like crazy to try to... I can't even spell what you're saying most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. So, but now, to get back to officiating, that's a bigger, bigger issue than just the NFL and just getting calls right and things like that. Because, and unfortunately, there's a lot of, of things that we need to peel to kind of get to the core. So let me just hit a couple of things on the quick and dirty for you. First of all, he's not wrong that there are lots of chances on every play to have multiple fouls, okay? There are seven officials trying to keep track of 22 guys, a lot of them in very, very tight quarters, okay? An advantage that the NBA has. Lots fewer guys on the court. You know, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and do the percentages because I was told there would be no math during this broadcast. But three officials watching 10 guys on the court has got to be easier than seven watching 22, okay? Especially when they're all in such tight quarters. Seven, eight, nine, ten of those are going to be all shoulder to shoulder at the line of script. Tough to follow. I'm going to throw the NFL under the bus for a moment. Too many rules and so many rules that we can't understand them all. Uh, the reason, I, one of the reasons, I should say, that I don't like watching the NFL is I can't tell you what a catch is anymore. I cannot tell you what a legal reception in the NFL is anymore. I see stuff that in my mind was a catch 20 years ago. 30 years ago for sure, 10 years ago, I think. Now, I got no idea. None. Too many rules. Too hard to adjudicate. And that's hard on refs. Because you realize you have one look at it as a referee. You have it in a moment in time. You can't freeze frame it. You can't slow mow it. And the play continues after that, and you have to keep watching. It is a tough, tough job. That's made tougher by rules that I really struggle to comprehend. Okay. Now, frankly, I got to be honest here. Do I try to follow it anymore? No, I don't. Too many rules, too hard to follow, too small of a brain. I focus on the colleges and let the NFL do their thing. Okay. But let me peel one extra layer here that maybe sometime you and I should just chat about. Okay. And it's this. We have now, I think, as sports fans in general, not even picking a sport, sports and fans in general, an unhealthy, and yes, I'm going to underline this, unhealthy desire to have everything adjudicated, you're welcome, perfectly. In other words, we have to get it right on every play. Go back 20, 30 years ago. Oh, dear heavens. When we didn't have replays, where we didn't have slow-mo, where we didn't have multiple angles, we relied on the guys in strikes to get it right as close as they could, as often as they could, and you live with the consequences of that. Now, that's not good enough. 
that's not good enough. We've got 20 angles that we've slowed down, and we can see what we think is the right answer, and we expect to get it right. And if we got to slow the game down to send it upstairs to another ref to get it right, for some people, that's a price they're willing to pay. Although then when they say, oh, yeah, I want to get it right at all costs, but then when it slows the game down, it's like, why are we going so slow and looking at every play? You can't have that both ways, friends. You may not have that both ways. You either want the game to continue on pace or you're happy that it gets slowed down so somebody, quote-unquote, upstairs, the eye in the sky, can look at it and hopefully get it right, which I'm not even sure they can get it right, honestly. What am I... I, I just, you got to live with some error. Live, a friend, we have to learn to live with errors in our players and in our coaches and in our officials. One of my favorite things you hear at the scorer's table before a basketball game is the official come over to the replay operator and ask, how many angles do we have? I want to see them all. Let's make sure that the people at home don't see something that we can't see. He is John Wagner. Find him on Twitter at John Wagner Media. Johan, my friend, is always partner. Thank you so much for your time today. We greatly appreciate it. Did you uh, release your pick, by the way? Who's your Super Bowl pick? I have not picked yet. I, I will pick for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Rihanna. Have a great week, everybody.